0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Well, good afternoon. I'm back in the saddle again. Car's been repossessed. That's why I'm taking a horse every. No, uh, it's nice to be back. Although I got to say, uh, where I came from, uh, the weather was a lot nicer. It's one of those dank, miserable, desultory days. Of course, it could be worse. If I were working for General Motors in Oshawa, we know that story is the prevalent one. It's the one everybody's talking about and uh, we'll be discussing in just a short while at the bottom of the hour. Jerry Diaz is going to join us from Uniform. Might have heard Donny Mitchell's uh, newscast where Jerry Diaz, you know, obviously uh, you can see that he's very emotional about this. A lot of folks are. This is a big, big story, as uh, the premier himself called it, absolutely devastating although he did mention that there wasn't much they could do from their end of things, the provincial government. uh, Some are being critical of that, suggesting, for example, that he's rolled over far too easily. This is Andrea Horvath, although I'd really be curious to know what she would propose that she could do about it. Mr. Diaz in that clip you heard just moments ago is suggesting they're going to make the company live up to the agreement that they made with the union back in 2016. Now, Whether he can do that or no, I don't know. I'll defer to him when he tells us exactly what's on plan. But this is where now everybody's kind of scrambling to make some sense of this. We're not alone in this regard. I mean, Oshawa, and by extension, I mean, the, you know, when they use that metric that every auto worker's job, manufacturing job has the ancillary or spillover of uh, seven additional seven to 10, I've heard the quote somewhere in that range, you know, other jobs and for a city like Oshawa, who is really reliant on this plant, it's uh, obviously like a punch to the, to the gut. And uh, everybody's reeling from the news that they're going to shutter this thing in a year's time, 2019, after uh, making plans to reorganize globally. But they're shutting plants included in Detroit, Warren, Ohio, Warren, Michigan, Maybe there's a lot of confusion there, you know, parts going to the wrong Warren. Uh, That's a different one. I don't understand why so many towns are named the same in the U.S. of A. You know, they've got uh, a lot of duplication going on. If they want efficiencies, start renaming some of the towns or have the populace move from Warren, Michigan to Warren, Ohio, and you're done. You know, you only get to live in one Warren. Uh, I believe that ought to be something there. But uh, this is, again, efficiencies is the key word. And uh, when they talk about wanting to uh, do everything like cut back on employees and uh, run a more efficient operation, you know, it always surprises me. We can never suggest that for the public service here in Ontario or in the rest of the country. There you go. But companies seem to be doing this as a general rule. And I guess that's the overall nature of capitalism, which many people criticize for that very reason. You know, they see this as being rapacious capitalism It has no soul and uh, money will only flow to its path of least resistance. There's no loyalty. There's no patriotism. And well, that may be the case, although it was suggested too by that retiree in the clip that Don Mitchell played, that this is maybe part of the plan that Donald Trump in initiating tariffs on steel and aluminum is uh, punishing people outside of America proper. I mean, there's a plant, two plants, I believe, in the Far East, in Korea. One, anyway, that GM is shuttering, likewise, for the sake of uh, global reorganizing or restructuring. And uh, when their chairman and CEO, Mary Barra, says, The actions we are taking today continue our transformation to be highly agile, resilient, and profitable, while giving us the flexibility to invest in the future. Like I say, why can't governments do this with the public service? Uh, So that's like, you know, one of those rhetorical questions. She goes on to say, we recognize the need to stay in front of changing market conditions and customer preferences to position our company for long-term success. All right, they want to live to fight another day. I get it. That, too, is the nature of capitalism and how you continually evolve. It's like the old line about uh, the shark, You know, it's got to swim forward or it dies. And this is the nature, again, of uh, competitive capitalism. Now, you may say it's rapacious, it's heartless, it's soulless, but, you know, if they've got to restructure in order to maintain a market position in a competitive global environment, and that would mean jobs somewhere, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like was part of that plan. Which I don't understand or I don't know, but I'll ask Jerry Diaz about that shortly. When it comes to these kinds of things, could they not, like, flip a plant, you know, turn it on a dime, or, you know, even if it's a slower evolutionary process, as we're seeing the integration of electric or autonomous vehicles, why don't they just transform the current plant? The workers are there. So, you know, my spidey sense tells me there may be more afoot. I can't say definitively. But, you know, we have heard in past how Ontario may not be the most fertile ground for manufacturing. There are a lot of cons against setting up shop here, not least of which is hydro rates. you got a carbon tax coming in, whether or not the province is fighting it. The feds are promising that they're going to do their darndest to impose one. And this is going to court. It's being contested before the courts. But your prime minister, when he starts suggesting, damn, the torpedoes, we're going ahead with that. I think, you know, uh, it's starting to get a little tedious to see this guy willing to throw industries that are, you know, the economy is so reliant on basically to the wolves. Pipelines out west not getting built. We're an extraction economy. The auto industry in Ontario, Ontario was built. Southern Ontario and Southwestern Ontario were built on the auto industry. The auto pack from 65 going forward was a boon. And then NAFTA came along, free trade, then NAFTA. Now, the son of NAFTA, we don't know if this is part and parcel of the overall plan, but some are blaming Trump for this dynamic playing out. He's trying to repatriate jobs to America, and General Motors paying heed to that. And maybe it's not even a case of them taking their cues from Trump per se, except that they've got uh, jurisdictions where maybe it's more accommodating to manufacturing. So, you know, I'm going to open by asking this question, then we'll get around to Jerry Diaz, National President of Unifor in high dudgeon. You can appreciate that fully. You know, he stands to lose 2,500 jobs in a plant. I mean, effectively, uh, this is going to shut Oshawa out of automobile manufacturing. You can see, you know, at the peak, my understanding is back in the 80s, the plant in Oshawa The general, as it was euphemistically known, and probably still is to a certain extent, 40,000 people work in there. That's a lot of high-paying jobs. That was its peak since kind of, you know, started to see like a lot of erosion in manufacturing in Ontario in general, falling by the boards. But we'll ask, and I'm just curious to to put this up front to you, because there are a lot of factors in the equation. There's a lot of speculation. There may be a lot of rumor or even conspiracy. But who or what do you believe is responsible for this move? Now, on the face of it, General Motors is suggesting that this is all about restructuring and being highly agile and resilient and profitable. And the plan had been in the works for a couple of months already, and it didn't leak out, which is interesting. I guess the people there in the corporate offices at General Motors who are putting this together, uh, again, not like government workers, because this thing would have surfaced immediately as a leak. Uh, But this is what Doug Ford was saying earlier today. He was called on Sunday. He got the word, and uh, he spoke to the head of General Motors in Canada. There's not anything he says this government can do about it. As I said earlier, he's being criticized by uh, the opposition, certainly in the legislature, Andrea Horvath suggesting that uh, we've got to do better. But what does that mean, do better? Offer incentives? I don't think that's going to do it. And by the way, if he did, then they'd turn around just months later and criticize him for corporate bailouts or corporate welfare. And by the way, uh, is it our role or responsibility, when I say ours, I'm saying as a taxpayer or the government's, if you will, by proxy, to pick winners and losers? It's a hard pill to swallow at this time. Nobody wants to see anybody uh, kind of put out on the street. The government is promising that they'll do whatever they can to help those who, have, you know, going to get their pink slips. But I don't even know what that means necessarily. We'll ask Mr. Dia shortly. I just wanted to ask you, first off, the uh, hop on the Monday edition. It's a dank day, as I said earlier, and it's especially dark if you're Somewhat a stakeholder in the whole GM enterprise that has sustained perhaps you, your family, your family's family before that. And uh, all of these things have now uh, been placed in jeopardy, obviously, and people are, uh, you know, I guess, desperate to know uh, where they're going to sustain a standard of living. Will they be packaged out? To what extent? Again, with Mr. Diaz, first order of business. So I'm just asking a general question. The overriding question, who or what do you believe is responsible for this, quote, absolutely devastating news, end quote. Quoting the premier there, Jerry Diaz has now joined us, the national president of Unifor, who earlier today is saying the union is going to fight this. Jerry, I appreciate your joining us on a day where uh, obviously the news is not good. But uh, let me ask you first off, how do you plan to fight this?
1: Well, first of all, if I had it my way, uh, and I've, I've spoken to the head of the UAW, I'd shut down every General Motors assembly plant in Canada the United States to get their attention. I'm sick and tired of all of our jobs. Same with the UAW, losing all of our jobs to Mexico. I'm sick and tired of the fact that they announced a closure of assembly plant here in Canada, four in the United States, not doing anything in Mexico. So it's just the same old argument, but we've had for the last 15 months over NAFTA, and we've had enough. So General Motors is going to have to make some decisions. I mean, we build 300,000 GM cars a year in Canada. Canadians buy 300,000 GM cars a year. In Mexico, they buy very few GM cars, and they're on their way to building over 900,000 GM vehicles. So they don't have Mexican consumers, but they have all of the cars. Something wrong with this situation, and we need to fix it, John.
0: All right. And so uh, when you talk about uh, this is something that the union can do, do you think there's anything that any level of government can do?
1: Well, the governments gave General Motors $10.8 billion uh, just 10 years ago when they were in bankruptcy. Certainly, they must be able to appeal to their element of common sense. Mexican government didn't give them a dime. So this is really about the government saying, okay, we've had enough. Uh, You haven't repaid all of the money that you were loaned. You're going to have to pay it back. But over and above that, we're going to work with the union, and we're going to challenge the fact that you're not putting more jobs in Canada. If I'm the Canadian government, I say coming through this the NAFTA deal, that, listen, we're going to slap some major tariffs on, on, on Mexican imported uh, vehicles unless the auto industry gets their collective act together.
0: Well, uh, my understanding is this was something that the, the company promised in 2016 to Unifor that any jobs would be, well, do you believe, uh, do you feel they lied to you, just out and no out well, Of course
1: they did. They signed an agreement that said there would be no plant closures during the life of the agreement. None. So for them to say to us that we don't have any product for Oshawa beyond December 2019 is a straight betrayal of what they agreed to. Uh, GM in Oshawa was the biggest issue that we had during 2016 negotiations. Um, We found a solution, and now they're reneging on it, and we're not going to let them.
0: By the way, uh, money was also given by the feds, and the feds uh, basically forgave the loan, if I understand it correctly.
1: Uh, they did. Um, the GM repaid the overwhelming majority of it, but they still, re- uh, they still are for games, some alone. Why? Because the Detroit Three in Canada and their employees pay about $4.7 billion a year in taxes. So it's a winner uh, for, the, for the governments. That's why they participate. But this came right out of left field.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, how did everybody get blindsided on this? When did you find out?
1: I got told by the media. I was called at 20 after 3 by the CBC prior to a meeting I had at 4 o'clock with General Motors.
0: And uh, the word is that this was on plan for at least a couple of months. Doug Ford found out about it. And then, by the way, those were his words that he uh, realized or he sort of understood it to be on plan for a couple of months. How could they have kept this quiet for so long?
1: Well, I have no idea. But if Doug Ford knew about it two months ago, he should have contacted me. Well, he know, he didn't Heaven only say... Uh, Everyone knows we've spoken enough
0: times. Well, no, he said that uh, they were he he was told by General Motors that they had actually put this in in play uh, several months back. But nobody uh, was apprised of it until, I guess, everybody got blindsided on the weekend or just, uh, you know, within the last 24 to 48 hours. You know, there has been speculation as well that this uh, province could have done better by uh, appointing a Karzar. But nobody actually because the liberals had promised something like that back in 2015, didn't they?
1: Oh, we did. Ray Tang, a, a fold-out role for, for several years, uh, working with CAPSE, which is the federal provincial government, all the automotive players in our union. So uh, we've done a lot of work. We've moved a lot of things in an aggressive, progressive way as it relates to the auto industry in Canada. I mean, I think about what the federal government did with now getting rid of the taxable, repayable loans and giving grants. So the optics and things are heading in the right direction here in Canada. Um, but this decision caught everybody off guard.
0: Well, they've also, uh, they're have also they planning to shutter plants in Detroit and Warren, Ohio, as well as Maryland, Warren, Michigan, I guess a, a couple out yep. in Korea. Uh, so, uh, do you believe then that this has to do with uh, Oshawa being specifically targeted because Mexico is a cheaper gambit? I mean, these other places in Detroit and Warren, uh, they're also fully unionized, and uh, they've been around yep. a long time as well. Why would they shutter those plants?
1: Well, first of all, there, there is a transformation in the industry. Uh, these plants build cars by and large. Um consumers are going more to pick up trucks, SUVs crossovers. But this is nothing new. The corporations have been working through this transformation for quite a while. But what people are not talking about is the fact that General Motors in this climate has made $6 billion in profit in the first nine months of this year, with 90% being in the North American market. 90%. So why they would close General Motors and Oshawa to say that we don't have a product um, by the end of next year when they're doing so well and telling us that this is one of the best plants they have.
0: Well, this is the it curiosity. Doesn't make any sense, Jerry. This is the curiosity to me as well. Because if they're going to uh, electric vehicles and autonomous and all that, could Oshawa not adapt?
1: Of course, they could adapt. They're one of the plants, best plants they've got in the world. The other side of it is they talk about going to electric vehicles. They've talked about heading to AV. But the other side of things is they close the plant in the United States that builds the Chevy Volt, their number one selling electric vehicle.
0: So you're saying it's all about the cheap uh, labor component down in Mexico, per se. That's the real reason behind this. It, it,
1: it, no question about it. Not only is it about the cheap labor in Mexico, it's also about the returns of the shareholders. You know, GM shares went up 5% today, if you can imagine. They announced economic carnage, and the shareholders are happy, and the board of directors thrilled.
0: All right. but My understanding with the recently completed uh, USMCA that there had to be a certain component that was a uh, union labor involved in that. Uh, I Correct.
1: But it's not kicking in yet for a few years. Right. And herein lies the problem. So we'll see how this thing unfolds. But like I said, we're not giving up at all. This, is gonna, this debate has been going on for quite a while, and it's going to get worse for GM here in Canada.
0: Jerry, do you think there's solidarity that uh, right across the board, the UAW uh, would shut the plants in the United States as well, and so uh, bring everything to a grinding halt and really punish GM?
1: Well, I certainly hope so. I'm meeting uh, with the president of the UAW on Wednesday
0: all right insofar as buyout packages and things like that uh... because the government says this is the federal government justin trudeau that they'll look after people maybe extend employment insurance or whatever it takes uh... are you bullish that that might help (sighs) no
1: i'm I'm not there the bottom line is we want our jobs people don't want an additional five weeks EI. people aren't looking for training people want their jobs and they deserve it
0: all right uh... well i appreciate you joining us i mean these are trying times i look forward to talking to you again real soon because uh... From what you're intimating here, uh, this is not a fight that's going to end anytime soon. So uh, we'll be talking in short order, I'm sure. Thanks. Have a good day. And you, Jerry Diaz, again. He's the national president of Unifor.
2: Sign up to The Economist for in-depth, curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology.
0: All right, we're back at you. Hour two on a great day for talk radio. Otherwise, it's uh, dank and dazzle Tory, and it's not really good for the GM folk in Oshawa or anybody who's, uh, you know, obviously going to be impacted by that. We've been talking about it, as has everyone else, and uh, this is devastating news. That's the word that's being applied over and over and over again. Direct quote from the premier. Jerry Diaz was just with us. We're going to be talking to his predecessor, Buzz Hargrove, in a moment, and uh, then we'll get around to our panel and topics worthy of discussion. The other one that Donnie Mitchell was bringing up, first-time shoplifters won't be charged by Toronto Police, this pilot project uh, that will be uh, played out in 51 and 52 Division right downtown, south of Bloor, from Spadina in the west uh, to the Don River. If you're caught for the first time by a theft prevention officer, They'll take down some particulars and uh, maybe relay it to the cops, but you're not going to be charged. Does that make sense? They say it's working in Peel region. I like that, though. Theft prevention officer. I believe that's a euphemism for store owner with a baseball bat. Uh, We'll have to see how impactful that might be. All right. The impact is being felt by the folks in Oshawa who work at GM and uh, in the surrounding environs, obviously, has economic uh, ramifications, but Jerry Diaz was rather emphatic that there are ways that they can fight this, the union can fight this against GM. Let's see what his predecessor, Buzz Hargrove has to say on the matter of the former national president of the Canadian auto workers. Buzz, good to have you here on the show. How are you this afternoon? I'm um, great, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we just talked to Jerry Diaz and he said, uh, you know, they're going to go medieval here. Uh, basically try to mobilize the troops in a show of solidarity and ask the UAW their, uh, brethren there in the states, if they would shut down plants and really get GM's attention so that they wouldn't be playing fast and loose with plants here in Oshawa or Warren, Ohio or Warren, Michigan? Do you think that's a good strategy?
3: Well, uh, the first point I want to make is uh, the whole thing is uh, is created by the hypocrisy of General Motors, who just recently, just a few months ago, signed a new agreement they guaranteed there'd be no closures even outsourcing of major operations over the next 4 years and all of a sudden they wake up in the middle of the night uh, nobody knows about it and uh, and announce that they're uh, they're going to close the uh, Oshawa facility there's no logic to it it's uh, it's unfair uh, as hell to the workers and it's a betrayal of the relationship Uh, through collective bargaining with the union. Now, the reaction of the union, I think, has been appropriate. They're saying we're not going to accept GM doing this without a fight, Uh, and we're going to try and and bring our our, uh, friends in the UAW into it as well because they're impacted which I didn't know last night when I first commented on this. I thought it was just Oshawa. But uh, then I learned today there's a number of U.S. operations that are impacted by this. Funny, you know, both uh, uh, the workers in the U.S. or workers in Canada, the governments in both countries pumped a pile of money into bailing out GM. Uh, Mexico didn't put a penny in, but yet it seems like they're going to be the winners here. There's going to be no uh, closures. At least they haven't announced any at this point.
0: Well, and Buzz Hargrove is with us, past president of the Canadian Auto Workers, talking about the situation there in Oshawa. When the plant says, this is GM, corporate office, the actions we're taking today continue our transformation to be highly agile, resilient and profitable while giving us the flexibility to invest in the future. They say uh, it's an evolutionary thing. They're setting themselves up for production of autonomous vehicles down the road, uh, electric cars as well. And so they're shape-shifting, and uh, they need some money to do that, but they also uh, believe that there is obsolescence in the current model. Do you accept that?
3: I, 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 I watch uh, the auto industry very carefully, John, and there has been a shift in consumer uh, preference not so much to electric vehicles or uh autonomous uh, uh driving uh vehicles but there've been a big shift to uh, minivans and and SUVs and trucks uh, and all of that well there 's nobody in the world builds those vehicles any better than we do, and if you're, if you 're going to uh, start out and say we want to rebuild uh, the company into a smaller company and more profitable, the one place that makes sense to do that is to put your money where the people are really committed and have been for many many years they've The Oshawa workers have won more awards over the years, and all of G- gm 's North American plants. Uh, put together outside of that. Uh, uh, So for them to make those kind of arguments is simply uh, covering up what is a a story that we have not yet been able to figure out why they're doing
0: this. Well, then is it the general nature of capitalism that uh, the money flows to its point of least resistance? And if the wage component is too high in Canada or even the states, the unionized workforce, they're going to Mexico, and that's just the nature of the beast.
3: we saw a big shifts of production in parts uh, to Mexico, some uh, production, from, but mostly from offshore uh, manufacturers and the assembly of vehicles, both uh, cars, SUV, uh, trucks, minivans, uh, etc. But no, the logic uh, uh, that if you follow what's happened, uh, it's been quite, uh, quite, uh, quite the opposite. It's not, it's not been that. Has not been the reason. Our problem has been the loss of market share to manufacturers offshore and. In uh, uh, Japan, and you and I have talked about this many, many times in Japan, South Korea, and now China, uh, the European community. we just signed a deal with the european community so it 's going to have countries like uh, Romania and Bulgaria, and all oh, these countries that are their, their wages are actually lower than than um, uh, Mexico in relationship to their to their standard uh, of living and they're all now uh, players so you can't deal with them by saying we're going to be more competitive by closing down more plants. All you do and I said this to uh, uh, the former head of uh, General Motors uh, when they were closing plants before and throwing people out of work offering in retirement incentives to people. I said all you're doing is buying yourself more debt uh, for the future and there's no plan. I've never seen a big business plan that shows by cutting and closing plants throwing people out of work and giving people bonuses to retire has meant you're going to be able to turn the company around quite the opposite
0: again with buzz hargrove well you know donald trump has been promoting protectionism and uh, even with the usmca this is the uh, successor to nafta he's uh, cobbled together a deal where apparently it was supposed to be good for the unions. The unions were on side. There's got to be 75%. I think uh, the product has to be union-made, a certain quota, from 62.5%. So uh, why wouldn't that be beneficial to the folks in places like Oshawa?
3: Well, initially, uh, the unions said that they thought that would help. But in parts production and the production of parts that would normally, uh, uh, the investment would go to Mexico, they'd be forced to put that into Canada or the U.S. And we're still a low cost producer between Canada and the U.S. uh, in the automotive parts uh, production area. But this here flies in the face of all of that. There's no logic to it. Uh, Initially, I thought it was Trump uh, demanding that GM uh, meet his uh, requirements as opposed to their. As shareholders, But after I heard the full story this morning, uh, then it doesn't seem that way. It just seems that it's, it's GM, uh, you know, the, the craziness of a jump just before I retired in 08 from the union, uh, they closed the most productive, high-quality, profit-making truck plant that they had throughout the GM chain in Oshawa. Just recently, a few months ago, they've opened up production of trucks. They put it into one of the car assembly plants, but they're the same trucks, the Silverado and the Sierra, that they were building when they closed that plant. In spite of the logic to the opposite, uh, they're going to they're now one more time close it again.
0: Well, uh, maybe part of the logic is GM shares are up 5% today. What do you make of that?
3: Well, I don't that the thing. That's the only positive thing for anybody is the investors. Uh, as shares are up uh, by 5%, but boy, that's not great news for workers and their families in uh, in the community of Oshawa and Durham region.
0: No, but that's the nature of gain of uh, capitalism, if you will, uh, protecting the shareholders' investment, and if the uh, workforce is decimated in places like Oshawa, it's, nobody's happy about that, except it's that only, the... Sh-
3: it's, it's, it's only if you accept that there's nothing you can do. Instead of Doug Ford saying today that there's nothing we can do, GM told us straight up that they don't want any money, they're closing uh, uh, that facility. And I would have said, well, uh, Mr. General Motors, why are you going to sell your trucks? Well, Ontario and Alberta happen to be the biggest purchasers of North, in North America of any jurisdiction uh, by GM Sierra and Silverados. They still have to sell them. Uh, and if the government says that they got no tools to use, it means they don't understand the tools or don't have the, political courage to use them.
0: Well, then tell me exactly what those tools are and how you would use them if you were in charge.
3: I would be very clear with General Motors. If you close Oshawa, uh, if you don't put reinvestment uh, in Oshawa, after all the government has done for you and the workers and the communities, uh, then we're not going to allow you to sell your products in uh, in our jurisdiction. And I'd engage, instead of engaging uh, Saskatchewan and and. Uh, uh, some of the other provinces to uh, support him on attacking the federal government, I'd engage those provinces to say the same thing, because, boy, do they sell a lot of uh, half-ton trucks that GM produces in Saskatchewan.
0: Would that even be legal, Buzz?
3: does it, it matter. Well, it's, it's, legal. Well, <laughs> it's legal, John, for, for General Motors? to take away the livelihoods of the workers and their families and and huge, huge hit to the community in terms of its tax base and to the province of Ontario and and, and and for us to just say, well, that's okay, uh, GM, you can do whatever you want uh, to us, and we'll just turn the other cheek. Never believed in that in my life.
0: Well, no, I just found that rather interesting that you would say, uh, basically, we would shut out a product line. Now, I don't know if the market would maybe march across the border, or even if that's permissible, because there'd be duties coming in, uh, and that might create another issue of its own.
3: Buzz, Japan's been doing it for years. They've shut everybody out of their market years, If you look back 25 years or 30 even, less than 3% of vehicles sold in Japan are made in Japan. Now, don't tell me that's because Japanese people don't want to buy something different, don't want to buy something that looks different than what they build in their own country. It's because they won't allow them. They won't let them in the country. They use all kinds of excuses, all kinds of, of uh, uh, different uh, uh, non-tariff uh, uh, ways uh, to deal with it. But at the end of the day, the Japanese workers still have the jobs, and they still ship over over a million vehicles into North America every year.
0: Buzz, do you think there uh, should be maybe concessions granted by the union or uh, more uh, bailouts offered by the government? Well,
3: firstly, the, the the company's not asking for either, right. uh, bailouts by the g- government or concessions by the union. If it was that simple, if it was something uh, that you could look at and say, well, this makes sense, uh, then uh, both uh, parties, I'm sure, the provincial and federal government and our union would, would be looking at it. But, boy, the, the workers in Oshawa have done so much uh, for GM over the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, they got uh, a great uh, a leadership. Uh, down there today. I know the chairman well, Doug. He's been around for many, many years. He knows his way. He knows how to get things done. And he's done it. He worked very hard to get the truck plant reopened or the truck production back in the uh, plant down there. And so those folks know what they're doing, and uh, they'll they'll deal. The GM is just saying, hey, as Doug Ford uh, so eloquently put it, uh, the ship has left the dock. Well, I'm sorry. I would tell uh, 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 the company, well, you better turn her around, put her back into the doctoral. So we talk. How the hell is a company uh, that's taken so much government support, so much worker support, and just tell us, too bad, uh, so sad, we're leaving?
0: All right. Uh, well, you know, Justin Trudeau had uh, forgiven this loan, I guess, that was outstanding, and uh, nobody knows exactly how much or uh, to whom uh, at GM it was given.
3: I don't understand it that way, John. My understanding was, both the provincial and federal government had a number of shares in both GM and Chrysler following the bailout of 2009. Uh, and uh, they simply sold those shares, and they didn't hold them. Uh, probably that 5% would have made them a small fortune if they kept the shares a while longer, but they sold the shares before they were able to get full value from them. Right. But again, I say the investment they put into jobs and the taxes that they've gotten back from those jobs at GM and Chrysler since that time have more than paid the, uh, the, the support the government uh, gave them. But the fact that they gave it to them when they needed it Uh, is critical or should be in the thinking of the new GM uh, management. They don't seem to care about uh, anything except their own uh, uh, salaries and bonuses and their shareholders.
0: Well, you know, uh, I like that idea that, you know, shut out uh, any kind of foreign product coming into the market or including General Motors product, if you would put a boycott on that. You know, we should do that with Saudi oil coming into the Irving refinery in New Brunswick as well, don't you think, to protect the oil industry out in Alberta?
3: Well, the oil industry of Alberta hasn't asked for that. The government has offered to step in and do something Mm. for the oil industry, but they got a big debate between the top executives in the oil industry. Uh, Some want the government to intervene, but a whole lot of other folks don't want them to uh, intervene, so they're still... There's still uh, people who are reluctant to recognize that there's a different world out there than the one we play in. And the rules are set almost on a daily basis by uh, companies working uh, with their governments in other parts of the world.
0: All right. Uh, well, Buzz, I'll let you go on that. I just wanted to throw that into uh, somehow be provocative that industries, you know, in general, there are a lot of them that are being hurt. And uh, when it comes to picking winners and losers, we don't necessarily uh, see some being above others or being preferential, do we?
3: You should, you should always pick those uh, sectors that are contributing the most to your economy. Nobody should be. No, everybody should take a lesson from Asia and, and uh, some of the other countries, including Trump. Uh, more recently, who's saying we're going to defend those uh, corporations that put money into our economy and create jobs. Uh, that'd be, oh, man, I just wait for the day that some uh, politician in Canada Uh, would stand up and make that statement. And they don't have to use it every day, John. All I have to know is that the tools there, uh, the other uh, players, the other governments around the world, and know it could be used and would be used by the government, you'd find a very different attitude in dealing with with our players.
0: All right. Well, you know, uh, I'll leave you on that positive note. You said something nice about Trump, which has convinced me we're living in end times. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I'll let you go, Buzz, and we'll see you here Wednesday. Can I
3: take
0: that back? No. <laughs> All right, Buzz Hargrove, former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers, on this matter of the news. Where the topic de jour it seems to be the manufacturing base in Ontario just got further eroded, or is about to, with the announcement that Oshawa GM, uh, Oshawa, is closing next year. And uh, in total, I guess, 14,700 factory and white-collar jobs in North America are going to be lost, close to 2,600 in Oshawa. And uh, that has a lot of people reeling, not least of whom are the employees and their uh, spokespeople like Jerry Diaz, with Unifor was on earlier in the program, suggesting they're going to fight back. They believe that if they can get the UAW stateside to join them in solidarity and uh, perhaps do walkouts in the various plants, rotating strikes, whatever you want, uh, this would get the attention of General Motors. I'm not sure that's entirely going to play, uh, but nonetheless, Jerry Diaz has to say something, and he was in a militant frame of mind earlier today. We understand the sentiment. Andrea Horvath blaming the Doug Ford government for not having any plan. Buzz Hargrove suggested Ford government does have tools in their tool chest that they could implement, such as just denying entry to into this marketplace of any GM product. Again, these are the Hail Mary passes that these folks are talking about because about 25, 2,600 jobs are at stake. Other manufacturers have also lost. Where's the government helping them? Did the government step up in that case? Is this a case of preferential treatment for, as a former colleague used to say, the sacred auto worker? Is that understandable? Let's get Jocelyn Bamford in here. Jocelyn is the founder of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Ontario and obviously has a very much a vested interest in manufacturing being decimated. Jocelyn, how are you doing this afternoon?
2: It's a very sad day for manufacturing in this province, and the, and the weather just reflects our feelings on the whole situation. And our hearts do go out to all those folks that have families to support and mortgages to pay uh, and for them, having to know that their jobs are going to be terminated is is tragic,
0: yeah, and I don't mean to diminish the impact, but you know this has been going on for quite some time. It's just a general Motors Oshawa. this is you know iconic stuff and unionized employees, but manufacturers have been taking a hit from 10 years now with uh nobody really playing up their plight or governments being called to uh do more to address the situation or unions protecting their workers or hoping to uh would you say that's a pretty fair assessment
2: Absolutely and and this is a cautionary tale and one that we've been sounding the alarm for almost 2 years now to because we have watched and witnessed manufacturers erode out of this province and they've gone either wholesale by moving like GM is doing or they've gone by moving their growth or they've gone by selling out to multinationals or they've gone bankrupt. So this has been going on for a long time and we've been calling on uh, the the previous uh, provincial government and the federal government to come up with a strategy for manufacturing. And they haven't been, uh, we haven't seen that. We've only recently with the new government seen an interest in retrenching manufacturing and supporting manufacturing, but we really need to do something. It's, you know, we've been asleep at the switch for 10 years, and it's not just the direct jobs that are so problematic. It's the indirect job, and it's, a, it's like a ripple in the pond because it's not just the, the, people that work directly for General Motors is the companies that supply General Motors and then it's all the companies especially in the small to medium-sized businesses which outsource so many of their jobs and it's the impact that those are all going to have on the Ontario economy.
0: Any uh, chance to quantify that? I mean sometimes we'll uh, say rather glibly like seven jobs are created by one manufacturing job in automotive. I've heard as high as 10. Do you know the actual number? Yeah,
2: so, so you know, there's, there's various uh, numbers, but you just have to think of it this way because it's, it's, it's very easy to understand that if you're a supplier, and especially in the small to medium-sized businesses, we outsource everything. So we outsource our lawyer, our accountant, the our IT guy, the guy that delivers our mats, our uniforms, our coffee truck. So when you start to think about manufacturing, and I've heard from 7 to 1 to 10 to 1 to higher than that, there is a huge ripple effect on the economy when you start to lose manufacturing. And the, the biggest thing people need to realize is those are high-paying jobs. So we're replacing our high-paying uh, skilled labor jobs in manufacturing that are going away with low-skilled service jobs. And remember, manufacturing brings money in. Services move money around. So we really do need a strategy to, to maintain and grow. And we're just, we're not competitive in, in Canada and, and in Ontario. And we need to address that. And, you know, it's, it's energy costs. It's, it's the cascading effect of Bill 148. It's the carbon tax that's coming. It's, it's the fact that we can't get affordable energy because we can't get pipelines through. And, and as, as automotive goes, the same thing that is happening with our resource sector. And there is as many jobs. Or close to as many jobs in Ontario that are dependent on that, and that's going to be the next uh, shoe to drop.
0: Well, in the case of General Motors, uh, do you believe it's non-competitive factors that led to them deciding that this would be one of the places they would target to shutter? Because there's also Warren, Ohio; Warren, Michigan, uh, as I understand it, Detroit proper, and uh, a place in Korea as well, among others listed. So. Uh, is it really something to do with the non-competitive nature of Ontario where we find ourselves?
2: I believe it is because when businesses make decisions, they make decisions on what can I do to maximize um, the return on the investment. So they're looking at that. And that just brings the point up that we need to be closer to our customers. And by our customers, I'm talking about our job creators because the government's uh, customers, that is the uh, the pe- citizens of The province and who gives them the money to give them the taxes is a job creator. And there's, they should be having joint task force to talk to the employers to say what do what do we do jointly to become more competitive and be attractive. It's not just preventing companies from leaving. We're not really attracting any new companies to come here. So we need to have that joint strategy and understand because if if it was me and one of my major. Uh, customers was leaving me, I, I'd hope that I have a good enough relationship that, one, I would know that much before, and two, I could see the storm clouds on the horizons and try to do something about it. If we lose a large customer, the first thing we say is we got out, outsold. We got outsold by somebody, and the same thing applies to businesses that locate in countries. We got outsold by somebody, whether it's Mexico or somebody outsold us. So we need to make sure that we're
0: competitive. Let me understand this. Uh, Would you then favor certain manufacturers being incentivized? Look, we just had the situation with Amazon. Uh, They decided not to come into Toronto, for example, with their second headquarters, but they're going to New York and Maryland. And the cost of that for uh, those two areas collectively is like $3 billion dollars. Do you support that kind of initiative?
2: No, I don't. What I do support, however, is to make sure that our, our landscape is as competitive as we can be with affordable energy, with uh, very good programs for skilled labor, for understanding what companies need to thrive and survive in the, in the climate. But I don't support picking winners and losers, because I think that's just a... A recipe for disaster and a race to the bottom. So I think we need to look at what our infrastructure is to support and how we attract businesses here.
0: My understanding is General Motors, even though it hasn't come out in the wake of this devastating news for Oshawa and manufacturing, they've got about a thousand jobs online in Markham uh, that involve artificial intelligence, high-tech kind of stuff. Uh, is that trade-off worthwhile?
2: So I I think it's great that Markham does have that, but we need to make sure that we're doing everything to support all of our jobs and understand where we're in the balance sheet where we're falling flat. Because, again, when you talk about that whole ripple effect, it's huge. So one of the things that um, people might not think about is if if GM leaves – we, we talk about high energy uh, costs for manufacturing, and one of that is the global adjustment charge. Well, that global adjustment charge will now get distributed amongst the manufacturers that stay. So that's also problematic in terms of being able to support the people that are left behind.
0: Jocelyn, I know you've been uh, there from the hop as far as, you know, Doug Ford running for the premiership. And uh, now that he is the premier, you know, you talk about a manufacturing strategy. It's been several months in. Is he doing enough? Has he done enough already to uh, start to at least send signals that uh, this is a they talk about? Ontario's open for business. Uh, Ontario, the government for the people. Uh, How do you feel? Are you bullish about where he's taking it insofar as your interests in manufacturing are concerned?
2: So, yeah, so uh, the one thing we've noticed is a new tone in terms of the government. I was just at a meeting today with the government talking about a new product line that we're going to be offering, and they were supportive on how could they assist me in, in removing some red tape. And I have heard that from uh, a number of business owners that they are interested in rolling up their sleeves and figuring out how we can expand and grow our businesses without uh, a preponderance of red tape and pain. So so we are uh, positive, but we need, we need more. We need a strategy federally. We need a strategy provincially. And uh, we need to roll up our sleeves and figure out how we can keep jobs here in the province and in Canada, because I'm telling you, the next thing to go is, is the oil and gas sector and all the spin off jobs from there. And if we don't figure it out, we're going to be in deep trouble.
0: All right. Uh, that That is an ominous note, and uh, certainly it looks like you're almost prescient on that because oil and gas already hurting, uh, notwithstanding, of course, the $40 billion project from the private sector out there in the West Coast. Jocelyn, I'll let you go on that note, and uh, we'll keep you in the loop, or you'll keep us in the loop, and uh, we'll talk soon, I'm sure.
2: Thanks, John. Take care.
0: And you, Jocelyn Bamford, again, the founder of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses